0: I went to a, a movie um, the other night and I was very touched by um, a song that was sung within um, the movie. And to give you a bit of background to it, um, it's um, uh, a black American spiritual song. So to put it in context, um, think of the person singing this song as a slave who had recently been a slave whose family's been broken up and disconnected. Um, but it's about homecoming. And um, I'll just repeat to you some of the, um, the uh, words of the song. It's called um, The Wayfaring Stranger. And the words go, um, I am a poor wayfaring stranger travelling through this world of woe but there is no sickness, toil or danger in that bright world to which I go. I'm going home to see my father. I'm going home no more to roam. I'm only going over Jordan. I'm only going over home. I know dark clouds will gather o'er me. I know the way is rough and steep. The beauteous fields, they lie before me, Where God's redeemed, their vigils keep. I'm going home to see my mother, She said she'd meet me when I come, I'm only going over Jordan, I'm only going over home. Mm -hmm. And uh, those words, of course, are in a... um, Christian religious context of going home to heaven, but I'm not concerned about the theology. I'm really, I'm really touched by that um, human spirit of the desire to come home. Uh, and in in many ways, we're all all uh, wayfaring strangers. Mm-hmm. In a Buddhist sense, we would maybe say traveling through the six worlds. Mm-hmm and what it reminded me of is a koan in our koan study which in many ways touches on the same theme of coming home and it's called seijo and her soul and it's based on an old chinese ghost story and a zen teacher turned it into a koan but as the story goes there was a woman a young woman who lived in a, a village in china and she had a childhood sweetheart, and they actually had a relationship and lived together. Um, but then her father bequeathed her to another older man in the village, and um, and so the the the, uh, the lover of this young woman um, was just felt it was too hard to bear to see his partner taken away from him and see her in another relationship. So he. Um, took his boat and he rowed away down the river um, away from the village in the night time and as he was going down the bank he heard this cry calling out from him from the bank and it was Sejo his lover and so she joined him and they went down the river together and they ended up way down the river in some other distant land and they stayed together for 20 years and they raised children and you know, had a had a reasonable life together, um, but Sejo also, at the same time, had this heartache you know, and something unresolved and a sense of longing to need to go back home to her family and to explain to them why she went away and where she was and to apologise to them for the hurt that she caused. And um, so they travel back up the river, and Sejo stays in the boat, and and the young man, her partner, goes to meet the father, her father, and he goes to apologise, tells him what happened, and he apologises for taking his daughter away. And the old man is really puzzled, and he says, yeah, but she hasn't gone away. She's been here all the time. She's in the bed next door. But she said, it's a strange thing. Ever since you left that night, she's, it's like she's a drug person and she's never, never spoken a word ever since. Um, and, he, and the young man said, well, I can assure you there's a Seijo down in the boat. I'll take you down. So he takes the father down and he sees Seijo in the boat. And, um, and then there's the coming together of the two Seijos. The one who couldn't speak and the one that went away. So they unite, they've come home to one another again when they've been disconnected from each other. So a Zen teacher made a koan out of this. And one of the things about koan study is when you first go through a koan, it's like you're a dog with a bone, you know, and there's a problem to be solved and you're chewing on it and you, you know, eventually you pass the koan, so to speak. But once once that's happened, some people actually go through carbon study a second time, um, where you actually it's got a different sense about it. It's not about solving a problem. It's kind of about a, like reading a poem or hearing a song. Somehow it, it just resonates within you in a different way. And it's not about something you pass. It's just like it's a like a poem, it's like a configuration in your mind that just speaks to you at a different level. And um, not that I've formally gone through koans a second time, but by doing dharma talks and so on, and doing dharma talks about koans, you get to um, appreciate them more. And and that is the that is the theme of Sejo and its and her soul. It's this sense of and with the, um, the, the wayfaring stranger it's been, we're set, we feel we're, we're separated out in some way from our life. So there's a, a sense of separation um, and then what occurs is a, a sense of longing to come back to home, to come back to connectedness to again. And that, that's the nature of Zen practice. Um, It's the nature of um, um, many uh, uh, religious ventures that people go on. It doesn't matter about the theology so much, it's more about the experience. But that's often what we're we're all experiencing, you know, and why we come to a practice like this is that we recognise there's some strange sense of... Disconnect that we can't quite put our finger on, and it's a longing to come back to something. And but from a, in a Zen context, where the separation is, is that we're um, it's in this disconnected mind state, you know, disembodied mind, and um, it comments on everything and criticizes things and analyzes things, and we live in it and just even half an hour or an hour of sasin and we settle back into the body and we become embodied. It's kind of like Seijo and her soul are are one again, Mm -hmm. rather than separate. Um, But that's the nature of our practice. Um, And we've been separated from the interconnectedness of everything uh, the interbeing of everything, and uh, it goes back a long way in our life and that became our normal. But somehow inside we go, that's, that's not quite right, there's something missing here, and that's where the journey begins. But of course in Zen you don't go to a heaven somewhere, that home is coming back to this moment as it is. Mm-hmm. So it's a very a very touching song and a very touching koan that, that connect with the, um, the same point. And often you hear people say after years and years of practice, um, I just kind of feel like I've come home to myself. Um, sometimes in my counselling practice I hear people telling me who've had um, difficult Childhoods or family experiences. They they say things like, I, "I just go through the world feeling really confused and really bewildered by life, and I don't really know who I am." And um, and you can see them searching to, to come back to their what you might call their true self. Right? True self isn't is not a thing. But it is an embodied experience and it's a sense of being at home in reality as it is, not some idealised version of it, or an idealised version of ourselves.